What does the future hold? Examining biblical doctrines, history, and current events. It's Prophecy Time. Author and pastor Alan Davis will help you have a better understanding of biblical prophecy. Using the whole counsel of the Word of God, Pastor Davis unapologetically promotes and defends the literal, personal return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now with today's Prophecy Time message, here's Alan Davis. is Alan Davis, and I am thrilled to death that you are with us today. I pray and hope that you will give me a fair hearing. I am a minister and preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, of course, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of of the great coming king as darkness will pursue his enemies. The enemies of Jesus Christ will lick the dust. His enemies will be put under his feet. Saul, a Pharisee, met this great king on the road to Damascus, and it changed his life. And another Pharisee met this same great king in John chapter 3 and told him about the necessity of the new birth. Nicodemus said to him in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? But Jesus affirmed in verse 7, Ye must be born again. One interesting verse in the Bible, which is the word of the living God, is found in John chapter 1, starting in verse 10. Talking about Jesus Christ, of course, here, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The apostle of love wrote in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, or he does not continually live in sin. For his seed, the Holy Spirit, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God, and wrote this in 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And he wrote this in 1 John 5, 4. For whosoever is 
born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And he wrote this in 1 John 5, 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself in that wicked one. And that wicked one toucheth him not. Our It's Prophecy Time message today is entitled, The Most Surprising Thing to Me in the Bible, which, of course, is going to be dealing with Bible prophecy. God loves the world and sinners. As the apostle of love wrote, starting in John chapter 3, verse 16, a very famous verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. By the grace of God, I was saved. On April the 16th, 1970, as I went forward, the pastor took me and sat me down on the front pew and showed me some verses in the book of Romans. I believe one of them was Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth, he demonstrates, he shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I believe he showed me Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he finally got to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The pastor asked me a question and said, do you believe? that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. As a tear dropped off my cheek onto his Bible, I said yes. And at that moment, at that second, I became a new creature, a new creation in Jesus Christ. I was born again. I tasted the power of the world to come. Well, individuals who are saved 
should be letting their light shine. As individuals in Thessalonica, as Paul talked about them in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, that they were troubled, saying this, and you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and do it be admired. Here's talking about Jesus Christ being worshiped, to be admired. And all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Several years ago, I was in a meeting in the Cherokee Nation in North Carolina. And before the service began, I was talking to Jack, who said that he was one of, I believe, 500 or 550. He had the number. Him and his wife were full-blooded Cherokee. And as he was evidently thinking about modern society, he said that we are in the apostasy. Evidently referring to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Notice what Paul said. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Referring back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and the coming of Jesus Christ. Then, So the day of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ is not going to be coming except, notice this, there come a falling away first. There's an apostasy first in preparation for this. And in the Bible, there are many titles and or names of the Antichrist. Two of them are found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. That man of sin, a falling away comes first, and that man of sin be revealed. Here's talking about him being revealed. The son of perdition, all this destruction, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called of God or that is worshipped, so he that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And if we skip down to verse 7 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, to verse 9, the Bible says this, even him who's coming is, notice this, the, the Antichrist, after the working of Satan with all power and signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So let's think about what we have just read here. It's talking about here in verse 10 that they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And in verse 12, it says that they did not believe the truth. So evidently there is a preparation prior to the revealing of the Antichrist where a large section of society is not saved. They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So 
one lady several years ago was talking about society being secular. Out of her own mouth, she was testifying that there is, in her opinion, her own words, her own testimony, a falling away from the truth in preparation for this Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist is clearly spoken about in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, which says this, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So there's many Antichrists. There were many Antichrists in the days of John who were preparing for the coming of the Antichrist. And if, if we went on, many of these Antichrists were in John's church. Now, the Antichrist is also spoken about in Revelation chapter 13, verse 4, or chapter 13, as the beast out of the sea. And notice this, we saw there a moment ago in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that his coming was going to be after the working of Satan with all power, all this demonic power, satanic power and demonic power. And notice here in Revelation chapter 13, verse 4, they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. So the beast, the Antichrist, and the devil, Satan, are very closely connected. We certainly need to understand that as we move down the road here in the future and build our six-story house or our six-story building. And they worship the beast, saying, who is likened to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And I want you to notice in Revelation chapter 16, starting with verse 12, that we have here the sixth angel pouring out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold! I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Now this Armageddon, the second coming of Jesus Christ, is also found in the book of Jeremiah. The Antichrist, as I said there a moment ago, has many names and or titles, and one of them is found in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 7, the destroyer of the Gentiles. And in this chapter, Jeremiah chapter 4, we see all this destruction. He's the destroyer of the Gentile powers, and we see here all of this destruction. Starting in verse 23, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void in the heavens, and they had no light. And I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. And I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, notice this, the fruitful place, these places of activity today, was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down, 
at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. So evidently, God must be pretty upset here. For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate. Yet will I not make a full end. For this, the earth shall mourn and the heavens above be black because I have spoken it and I have purposed it and will not repent. Neither will I turn back from it. Now, between the sixth vile judgment that we saw there a moment ago in Revelation 16, verses 12 through 16, and the second coming of Jesus Christ, where we see here in the Battle of Armageddon at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger, all of these cities broken down. We have the destruction of Babylon, and in Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51, we have the destruction of Babylon, and there's only one destruction of Babylon in the Bible, and that's still future. And here in Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 51 verse 50, notice what God says, ye that have escaped the sword, talking about this war going on, that there's going to be some individuals, God did not make a full end. Those that have escaped the sword, go away, stand not still, remember the Lord afar off, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. That statement is there because Jesus Christ is coming back to the city of Jerusalem. He's not coming back to Washington, D.C. Now, the necessity of the new birth is going to be seen when Jesus Christ comes back. Jesus said to Nicodemus back in John chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. During the judgment of the nations, at this time in Matthew chapter 25, all the nations are brought before Jesus Christ, the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. And he says to the goats in verse 41, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, evidently, <clears throat> we have in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, the wise man saying this, Wait, on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, so we have these individuals who have been supporting the beast, who has made war with the saints and prevailing against them, as these prophets and these saints of God are being killed, their heads are being cut off for a period of 42 months immediately prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And here in the book of Proverbs, it says that the individuals who have supported the beast and taken his mark, they're all executed and in psalm chapter 37 verse 34 it says when the wicked are cut off thou shalt see it we're, we're heading toward public executions people are going to be seen individuals executed now going into the millennial kingdom all of the unsaved individuals are executed just a few people left alive on planet Earth. And in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, there is a revival. Revive thy work. That's a prayer in the midst of the years. And in Joel chapter 2, notice this. When Jesus Christ is in the city of Jerusalem, starting in verse 27, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else in my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards. So after he takes the throne, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
So he's pouring out, just like uh, just like Peter said in Acts chapter 2. He's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh, and there is this revival going on. And notice this, individuals that enter into the kingdom, they are taught, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth, notice this, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So there's going to be everybody on planet earth understanding the knowledge of the Lord. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. In Habakkuk chapter 2, it makes a similar statement. In verse 14, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So Jesus Christ, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, is spoken about as being God who was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. So here we have, as we enter into the millennial kingdom, Jesus Christ, God himself, on the throne. But as we get down toward the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, or the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ, Satan is going to be loosed out of his prison. He's been bound there for 1,000 years. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. So this is going to be similar to the Russian invasion many years before, at least 1,000 years prior to that. And evidently, all these individuals, they had the knowledge of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. They had been taught the Bible. Evidently, they had come across Revelation chapter 20, talks about this fire coming down out of heaven and devouring them, these individuals who compassed the, the, the camp of the saints, the beloved city, talking about Jerusalem where Jesus Christ is, and there's this rebellion, let not the rebellious exalt themselves. And evidently, these individuals who had been taught the Bible, part of which was Revelation chapter 20, knew about these things, and they continued trying to overthrow God on the throne on earth. And they should have known this, but they kept going on. You mean to tell me that these guys did not know what they were doing? Now, to be carnally minded is death, so evidently individuals that are not saved, we have a fallen nature. We have a fallen nature, and evidently individuals who do not know Jesus Christ are subject to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So this is the most surprising thing to me, that after 1,000 years of education, individuals are still in opposition to Jesus Christ and trying to overthrow him at the end. Now, maybe today you do not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Bow your head and receive him now, believing in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And pray something like this, dear God, I am a sinner but I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, was buried, and rose again from the dead. Amen. So we've got to take up an offering today. Go to our website, bronxbbc.org. Scroll down. Give us a donation. We certainly need to be paying these radio bills. We just have a very small church in the Bronx, 
Mr. Jones said one time, most individuals in the Bronx don't have enough money to pay their rent. So we've always struggled and I've had to be, we've had to be a fundraiser here in the Bronx. We're in the Bronx right now recording this. And so God bless you today and tune in again to our next scheduled program of It's Prophecy Time. And God bless you, and I hope you tune in again the next scheduled broadcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to It's Prophecy Time with Pastor Alan Davis. Generous listeners like you make the airing of this program possible. Contributions are greatly appreciated. Write to It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Here's the address again. It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Join us again for the next scheduled program of It's Prophecy Time.